0: Behind every great beer is an even better story. Welcome to the Beer Healer interviews. How much do you know about the art of brewing beer? Are you perhaps a new drinker, just starting your craft beer journey? Perhaps you're an experienced IPA drinker. Maybe you homebrew, you write your own recipes, or experiment with advanced techniques. Or perhaps you're just starting out as a kitten kilo brewer. Whatever your experience with beer, I'm pretty sure you know that hops are used in the making of it. But how much do you really know about the hops that go into your beer? Well, today I'm talking with John Burridge, who used to be the sales manager at Moo Brew down here in Tasmania. But he now looks after sales and marketing with Hopco a company that specialises in getting hops from around the world into the hands of brewers. In fact, they work with over 80 varieties of hop. So yeah, John knows a thing or two about hops, and I thought I'd invite him onto the podcast down to the studio at work here for a beer
1: and a chat about all things hops. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews, John Burridge. Thank you very much, Chris. Great to uh, join you here in the studio in Hobart. Stoked. Um... This is great. I love these live
0: podcasts where we can look awkwardly at each other across the microphones and... Almost longingly. It's great.
1: Lovingly look into each other's eyes as us Tasmanians do. That's it.
0: Uh, let's crack these cans. Too easy. Oh, shit. Mine's gone everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah. <A> bit of vigour <laughs> in that one.
0: Absolutely. Now, mate, let's set the scene for today. This interview is for the hophead, the beer nerds, the homebrewers, the pro brewers, and pretty much everyone in between. Like,
1: I think if, if you love your hops, this one's for you. That's correct, mate. Uh, I must admit, uh, I speak uh, with a heavy heart. I, I, I love this hop industry. It's uh, it's such a, a beautiful, vibrant, dynamic, uh, growing industry, and uh, I believe I have one of the best jobs in the world. Uh, I literally travel around Australia and uh, around the world sometimes, visiting breweries uh, and hop farms. It Sensational. Doesn't, get, doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, mate, tell us firstly about the, the company Hopco that you work for. Okay, so Hopco started back in uh, 2001 and uh, Hopco is owned by uh, Sandy Ross. He took it over from his uh, his parents just recently. Uh, John Ross was obviously involved in the uh, hop farms down here in Tassie for some time. And uh, I would have come on board, geez, when was it, 2014 I think it was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 2014. Obviously before that I was at uh, Moobaroo. I started there in 2008. And uh, mate, all things beer, pretty much. Yeah.
0: yeah, nice one, nice one. So, whereabouts are your? I'm going to call them your business partners. Where are their hop fields located around the world?
1: Okay, good question. So we uh, we have the uh, exclusive um, distribution rights for New Zealand hops here in Australia. So. Yep. Uh, we're looking at the South Island in a beautiful little Motuaka Valley just near Nelson. Oh, is that
0: how you pronounce it? I can never under- I was like Motuaka <laughs> or
1: change, It changes every year I go over there, but uh, <laughs> we'll go with that one. Yeah. Uh, so obviously New Zealand, uh, we get access from hops all over Europe, uh, obviously namely uh, Germany. There's a large supply yep. over there. Uh, and the US, which uh, Australian brewers just can't seem to get enough of the uh, the US hop craze. They're loving it. Loving
0: it. Is, uh, is Citra the number one hop you're importing at the moment? Or
1: Oh, uh, straight into it. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at no, it. Stats. Uh, Mosaic would be the number one oh, for yeah. us right now. Yep. Um, followed by Simcoe. Uh, yep. And then you know, you've got your Citra, Amarillo, Cascade, Centennial all yeah, coming in.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, now, we fell across each other a couple of weeks ago up on the Gold Coast when we both were visiting uh, Black Hops Brewing. Um, that's a long way from
1: Tassie. Does your, your work take you all the way around the world, or Australia, or? Yeah, yeah. So um, part of the quality control we do at Hopco is uh, we like to go and visit the actual uh, hop farms, and uh, uh, like uh, like the farmers say, you know, uh, get your boots dirty out on the farm and see the uh, see the binds in progress, yep. and also see the harvesting process. We take a few brewers along as well, uh, and we're lucky enough sometimes to uh, do some selections, uh, namely over in the US.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. That's, that's bloody fantastic. Now, we've got a couple of beers here. We've got some hops on the table here. If you could walk into this podcast studio, the uh, the aroma of Amarillo is just going to smash you in the face. It's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're lucky here. We, uh, we got a few samples down the office, so I brought in some Cascade, US Cascade, Beautiful. and some US Amarillo. Uh like, uh, like you said before, yeah, up, before. In, up in Brisbane, uh, I was visiting some breweries, so we've got some uh, beer from Brew Haha ha up in uh, Mullaney, great little part of the nice. town if you ever get there.
0: I've got the IPA.
1: And uh, I've also got uh, something special I thought I'd bring in from Crux Fermentation out of uh, Bend in uh, Oregon over in the US. It's a Flanders Red Ale, which, uh, yeah, it'll take you take your breath away.
0: I've, uh, I've safely removed the wax seal from it without injuring myself so we'll, <laughs> we'll crack that one shortly. Yep. Mate, you work with a lot of brewers I'm assuming and so I guess you get to brew every now and then? Yeah. What's the yeah. favourite brew you've uh, been part of making?
1: Uh, look, uh, there's been so many um, but I really love the, the backstories behind uh, some of the beers we've made. Obviously the uh, the Pirate Life uh, Hopco uh, collaboration, yep. that was a big one for me. Um, we did a beer in just recently, well not just recently, it was about two years ago with um, the Bruce Vegas organisation up yep. in Brisbane. Uh, also worked with Ocho, um, not myself but Sandy, my colleague, uh, the business owner. Isn't heads.
0: he doing some great stuff at the moment? Yeah. Stewie. Yeah,
1: good old Stewie, mate. Uh, yeah. the, the mad scientist that he is. Uh, <laughs> still roasting his coffee, good on him. Um, Beautiful. But yeah, we, Sandy's also done some over in uh, the US um, and uh, look, the opportunities always arise and uh, we love it. Um, I think uh, if there's an opportunity for a, for us to help out and get our hands dirty, we're all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Why
0: don't we get um, a little bit sciencey and, and stuff and, and talk about the hops themselves. Something I'm always asked is, you know, what's the biggest enemy to hop quality?
1: Oof, uh, So obviously uh, oxygen uh, would be the big one and uh, following that you're looking at um, uh, heat, that's another one. So we store all our hops in a cool room in Melbourne um, and that keeps it at a stable temperature. Um, And then obviously uh, the the packaging itself is uh, a Mylar foil bag uh, with a nitrogen purge. So, so effectively cryovac kind of, is it, sort of? Yeah, pillow yeah. packs. Uh, yep. Some some of the homebrew market do uh, do also um, cryovac. Yep. Uh, we, we, when brewers ask, you know, what's, what's best for the long-term longevity of the uh, hops, we suggest that you uh, you flush out as much oxygen as you can. Obviously most breweries have CO2 on hand. Yep. Uh, and then seal it up as best you can. Obviously cryovac's uh, idea. Yeah.
0: So I, I tend to, and I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but someone told me one time, when you get your, your hops from the homebrew store, take them home and put them in the freezer. Is that good or bad?
1: Uh, look, it depends on whether they're, they're pellets or they're, they're cones. Yep. Um, look, you, the idea is you want to keep them at a stable uh, refrigerated temperature. So I, we keep ours in the refrigeration. Um, you, I have heard of people putting them in the freezer. Uh, the only thing about the freezer is sometimes, uh, you know, you forget them. Yeah, um, yeah. Keep them <laughs> in the fridge where you've always got access. I, th- I think a more important thing would be uh, rotation of stock, uh, don't uh, do what many homebrewers do and uh, try and think they can save a dollar by getting a five-kilo box and using it for the next two years. Yeah. Uh, get the smaller packs, uh, rotate through your stock, and uh, fresh is always best.
0: Just making a note to myself that when I get home tonight to take all those hops out of the freezer and put them in the beer fridge.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you'll be surprised what you've got.
0: <laughs> hey, um, So every now and then, you, or quite often actually, you're hearing about all these new hop varieties that come out, the experimental ones and that sort of thing. Some of them are blends, some of them are brand new hops. What, how the hell do you come across a brand new variety? Is it something you stumble upon or is it really
1: sciencey? Um, well, yeah, for us, um, it's something we sort of stumble upon. I, I keep an ear to the ground. Uh, obviously, brewers, uh, they do the same and they advise what they've heard about or yep. what they've seen another brewer use in another country. Um, and then when we get to the farms uh, and, and I suppose the breeding programs, which uh, we're so lucky to have uh, a good one up the road here in uh, Tasmania and there's also another one in New Zealand. Uh, those guys get into the science of it and they're, uh, they're forever crossing the uh, varietals over and uh, come up with new exciting varieties that uh, I suppose now are starting to tailor themselves to the market because the market's evolving as is the, uh, the requirements of the hops that we chase.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It seems that the uh, the spectrum of flavors with hops is just constantly evolving, and I mean, there's trends that are happening. What are what are some of the the trends now and upcoming that you're seeing in these experimental hops?
1: Oh, I suppose it's driven a bit by the uh, the variety or the style of beer that we're all making. So uh, we've enjoyed a bit of a uh, flux at the moment with Nepers um, and yep. uh, brewed IPAs, uh, yep. obviously double IPAs as well. Um, I suppose uh, where that relates to in hops, we're looking for more of those really pungent, tropical and fruit flavours. Um, out of the States, uh, there's been a, well, I know a couple of the breeding programs and the and the farms over there looking into what they call the Neo-Mexicanus varieties, which is a, a native US variety. Um, very exciting properties, but um, being a wild variety, it's uh, sort of gone its own way for a few years and uh, they're having to teach this variety some of the fundamentals, like uh, <laughs> even something simple just to grow up a string, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, well, but it just just normally just spreads like a weed, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um and uh, a lot of brewers get excited about that. I mean, you know, we're lucky here with Bushy Park. Um we've got some of the best uh, hops just down the road. And uh I think the US, traditionally all their varieties, like the Chinooks and Centennials, Cascades, they've all been crossed with some form of European um derivative. Yep. So now they've got this Neo Mexicana, which is not. Can native you explain of,
0: the Neo Mexicana?
1: Uh basically Native American. Okay. So yep uh the hop uh, has been found growing wild and now they're starting to tame it and and actually start uh blending it or sorry uh, breeding it with some other varieties to get some uh pretty exciting uh flavor compounds out what
0: of it. what are its key flavors that it, it drives
1: uh well i suppose uh the key flavors would be uh, along those uh fruity uh, notes uh quite resinous citrus yep um, their ability to be drought tolerant is also quite good. Oh, um, it's good these days, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the neo mexicanas uh, originated a little bit further south, and uh, obviously were a bit more tolerant to the hotter, hotter weather. And uh, but subsequently they have to be taught, you know, how to how to act like a hop in the field. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. So um, look, I'm assuming you're you're pretty
0: in tune to the hops, and, and your palate is pretty in tune with it as well. Do you ever have a, a taste of a beer with it with, that you know's got a certain hop in it, and it's like Oh, wow, that's absolutely mind-blowing insane. Or do you know your hops well enough to be able to say, yep, that's how
1: it should taste? Oh, look, uh, year by year there's, ver- um, there's variance uh, in the crop years, and uh, I'd, so- I'd like to think I know the hops pretty well, but uh, there's some that really stand out, and we're talking like your, your mosaics, your mochuacas, your galaxies, and, and you can pick those in the beer, and you can also pick uh, – I start to now pick the, the difference between crop years But then there's some others. I've heard
0: that's started to become a bit
1: of a thing, actually, yeah. Yeah, look, uh, I give everyone at home a challenge, you know, grab a beer uh, with some fresh U.S. hops. Uh, The U.S. hops land here in Australia around about January. Uh, So you can give a brewer a month or or two to get them in a beer uh, and try that beer then and then you try it again in, say, November, December. And uh, if you can remember um, (laughs) what the first one was like, you can relate the two, and uh, you'll get quite a different result. Mm.
0: Yeah, is is that? Are you saying that that beer is going to have this, the same hop? or It's going to be aged by the time you drink it the second time, or it's got another hop?
1: I think the the intensity of the hop actually drops off a little bit throughout the year. Yeah. Um. So you know, when it comes into the the country, it's fresh. It's only been pelletized, you know, two three months ago. So it's it's peak performance. We'd love it a yep. bit earlier, but there is a time constraint getting them here. Uh, when you get to November, you know, those hops have been sitting in a, in a, in a cool room for effectively 10 months. Uh, yeah. There is a, a slight amount of degradation there, but uh, you, you'll start to notice it, yeah. Yeah,
0: so just just like with any product that's fresh, fresh is best. Exactly. No matter what. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Do you guys get involved in, you know, this craze around hop oils, lupulin powder and all that sort of thing?
1: Yes, we do. Uh, oh, you do? We, uh, we had a product just recently we're still, still uh, actively uh, pursuing it. Uh, it's called Hop Ash. Where what they do is uh, in the pelletizing mill, they scrape down the dyes, which are, I suppose, there that they form the actual pellet shape, and they scrape them down. And they, uh, it, it's a, a a thick resinous glug, and <laughs> uh, you know it's it's high in the oils, it's high in the alpha, and uh, it can be a bit of a pain to work with because it's such a sticky uh, sticky beast. But uh, yeah, really uh, intense and uh, saves a lot of actual hot matter going into the beer. So instead yep. of throwing in, you know let's say uh, five kilos of pellets, you throw in one kilo of this hop hash. And I think the same sort of works. There's different formulas on how they're created, but for the cryo hops and the, the lupulin powders, et cetera. I've seen, I suppose there's, it seems to be a bit of a fad. There's there's a lot of properties to it that I like, um, but I think uh, there's a lot of conventional brewers out there that just love using pellets. So Yeah, whether it takes off or not and uh, you know a, a shortage or something like that might occur and then all of a sudden they become the the the, the go-to that could change the whole market but uh, I'm not seeing it at this stage
0: mate I'm not sure about you but I'm a little bit past I have been enjoying this bruhaha IPA but I'm looking at that Flanders red and thinking I think, I think you're right maybe it's a it's good time to crack it what do you reckon
1: I think it's a good time let's go let's hope this one doesn't go everywhere <laughs>
0: need a uh, just need a bit of a towel to the uh, oh, podcast you, studio we
1: have a we have a slight technical dilemma oh, there you're is fucking a, kidding me. there's a call we'll
0: be back in a second
1: <laughs> just while chris is out of the room i have noticed a ryobi cordless drill outside the door and uh, if required i will be using that to open the bottle All right, we're back. and I've just gone and got a
0: drill from the office because we can't find a corkscrew. We're going to experiment so we can get this happening. I'm nervous. All
1: right, well, it seems to be drilling in nicely. You're on a little angle, but I don't think that'll matter. Shards of cork going everywhere. The theatrics is awesome, but uh, here we go. Now the muscles to pull it out. Oh, Oh, shit. we got nothing. Here we go. Attempt number two. He's got it in. And no <laughs> <laughs> He's cork everywhere cork everywhere here I think we're going to admit defeat on this one maybe oh, no, here
0: the, we go.
1: There's a crowd of everyone watching Hurrah I tell you what
0: How's that? I'm going to start
1: calling you MacGyver the way you've done this Oh fuck It's not all <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got half. Hold got on. Half a cork. Ooh, got it. <laughs> well done. Round of applause to the boys outside are enjoying that. I'll the boys outside the drill
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like hops in here. We've got a mess of cork and beer and
1: whatever. Let's pour this bottle. <laughs> After all that, we've probably got no glasses. Here we go. I'll just get rid of that one.
0: Shards of cork, so you could drink it through your teeth. That's it. Look <laughs> at
1: It's uh, a very Tasmanian experience to open a bottle with a... Uh, Called The Drill. With The
0: Drill. Thank you, Ryobi, for sponsoring the show.
1: <laughs> that was well done. All righty. Let's talk this through. This has got a lot on the nose, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, so uh, Crux Fermentation was a, a small brewery I came across just outside of Bend and uh, just fell in love with this Flanders. Um, unfortunately, I had a pilsner there that was suffering a little bit of oxidisation and uh, yep. I suppose one of the – one of the, I suppose it's a joy sometimes, but you, you've got to let the brewer know. And, uh, yep, yep. Had a good chat too. I can't recall the name of the brewer, and uh, he was very grateful and actually gave me a bottle to take home with. So, oh uh, wow.
0: So is Crux Fermentation are they a brewer or a blend? I'm thinking like wildflower, you know, that are they that yeah, kind of a so thing? Or?
1: they've got a brewery on site, yep. But then they also do their blending on site as well. So uh, very, uh, very uh, unique uh, brewery, and yep. uh, I suppose nothing like it in the uh, in the Bend area. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, well, when I was there, there wasn't. No, mm. oh, it's all right. Talk us through the taste. Well, straight away I get that yeah. pucker on the side of the Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Uh, it's got, a little, it's got bit of, a little bit of tart going on. Yep. There's some nice fruity uh, esters in there. Now, when I say fruit, I don't mean sweet. These are, are sort of like yeah, uh, cherry and strawberry uh, yep. notes coming through. I, I just love this beer. I think it's, it's quite, a, um, quite a dynamic beer and there's a there's a lot of uh, flavours at play there. But uh, when you come across a good Flanders, the balance is what gets me. Yeah. Um,
0: that is beautiful. I, I love the I love talking and drinking beers with other people who have got a good palate, such as yourself, because I I don't understand my palate completely, and I'm, and I'm obviously trying to work on that with all this stuff I do in the beer game. But standing here and getting you
1: to describe what you're tasting, and then me recognizing those flavors, it's 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 awesome. I love it. Oh, look, it's something I encourage with uh, not just uh, people in the beer industry, but um, you know, uh, p- people playing at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's it can be quite fun you know and you can actually uh I, I'm always a believer in that uh, there's a beer for any moment and there's a beer for any person you've just gotta you've just got to find the right connection and you know uh, I, I know you've got some problems with your wife not drinking beer but <laughs>
0: you've the, done your
1: research the obvious answer is she hasn't found the right beer yet so no uh,
0: yeah I, I'm trying because I'm trying to make this summer ale I'm hoping that one day it might be you know just spot on for her to try but I'm not I'm not holding my breath she's just She's bubbles and sav Blanc. It's just well, all it is.
1: Well, brood IPAs aren't far away. Let's no, see yeah, oh comes. yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the way to go. Does your wife drink beer? Uh, she does. She's uh, getting into the framboises at the moment. Yeah. Um, yep. it's been a bit of a journey to try and find that uh, that beer niche for her, but i yep. uh, glad to say she's come on board. So.
0: Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, maybe I need to take some notes from you.
1: <laughs> I look like at how we're having a Flanders, which isn't exactly hop-driven, but uh, nah. very tasty beer. Mate, this is. I keep saying this is my body podcast. I'll <laughs>
0: I'll do what I want with it,
1: <laughs> mate. Uh, you you still brew in the home, do you? No, I don't. Actually, I uh, so I used to homebrew with my dad. Um, oh, nice. And uh, I, I haven't done that in quite some time. Uh, I have actually been listening to your podcast and uh, I've got the passion. I was at the Homebrewers Conference last week. Oh, and, yeah? You know, uh, very infectious bunch of people. Oh, they, aren't they? They, they? they love it. They love it. They're so great with
0: advice too. I know when I post up my mistakes and stuff on my videos and, they're never there to take the piss. It's just like,
1: mate, have you thought of this or you thought of that? And the one thing I love about the homebrewers is uh, you know, they're very uh, informative uh, they've, and some of them are very educated. Like, uh, I keep an eye on some of the US homebrewer forums to keep an eye on what's happening in the hop industry. And yeah. you'd be surprised uh, what, what little bits of information you can get your hands on. Um, one podcast I was listening to recently, what's well, just been announced now Sierra Nevada's uh, bought out a beer with a, a new hop variety called Zappa. Oh, okay. they've actually, they've actually got the rights from the Zappa family um, <laughs> to call that hop uh that name and uh that i believe has uh some form of neo-mexicanus uh yep. heritage so uh keep an eye out for that one uh, as always these things take time to get to australia but uh i'd give it probably 2 years and yep. you'll see a hop zappa starting yeah. in the market.
0: Oh, we're talking about how great the homebrewing community is but i i always crap on about how great the the beer community is because it bloody is I just i've got an example last night i went and visited uh our mate Klim Donahue from Spotty Dog Brewers. Um, I've been trying to get this summer ale right, and I was going out for dinner. Was heading past his place. I was just like, mate, can I drop a bottle in? And can you tell me what I've messed up with on on this beer? <laughs> He's like, yeah, mate, no dramas, no dramas. And yeah, um, you know, later on that night, I got you know a couple of text messages back saying, try this, try this, and it had this sort of problem with it. So you know, just off the top, off off his own back, just just. Giving me his time was just fantastic, and I've got to say, a shout out to him and his mates are doing the Step Brewers podcast. If you've heard it, I have. Yep. If you if you haven't out there, um, I encourage you to get onto iTunes and uh, check these guys out. They're having a lot of fun and a lot of uh, Tasmanian information. But if you're not from Tasmania, there's still some great stuff there. And and Klimt is is very knowledgeable in uh, in the in the beer brewing uh, game. And you know, hopefully, one day we'll see uh, Spotty Dog
1: making it big. They are. They're uh, fantastic beers out Spotty Dog there. I great chat. I love catching up with Clinton. He always, he's, he's an ideas man. Yeah. And uh, I love hearing he's... He's always got a new beer coming. So, yeah,
0: uh, no, he did mention one last night. Actually, I won't steal his thunder, but <laughs> I'd imagine the conversations between you guys would be long and deep because you can both, you both love a chat. Yeah,
1: yeah. I <laughs> do know a chat. And uh, I think yeah, touching on what you said before about the industry, we are truly blessed to be part of a great industry. I was, I was having a joke with, I'm going to say his name, I think it's the first time today, Owen Johnson, who was obviously <laughs> great a great, big, big influence in my life. And uh, I was going to come in with the Owen Johnson tally and see how many times we can mention his <laughs> name.
0: I wasn't sure whether we were allowed to, whether, HPA's competitor or a partner
1: or how's it all work? Well, the good thing about the hop industry, it's like the beer industry. We're all mates yeah. uh, and we're all here to help each other. So, um, nice. Yeah, and obviously he's helped me out a hell of a lot in my uh, career. Great and bloke. I think it's, it's part of the legacy of the beer industry that we actually go and help other people out. Like I've got notes in my phone for a beer that I've tried and it's just just some things. Uh, some They can take it with a grain of salt or they can actually act upon it if they wish to, but uh, I think uh, – you you're not you shouldn't be frightened to speak up, so to speak,
0: yeah, yeah it's all it's all about uh positivity and you know the the good sort of feedback yeah, rather than bagging yeah. things yep. out i I' often find if I'm reviewing a beer and I'm no expert but if if I don't think it's great, I'd rather not put something out there and add to the negativity because I think sometimes craft beer drinkers get a little bit too big for their boots and forget that someone's put their bloody heart and soul into that beer and you're going out there calling it craft. That's, that's soul crushing. It,
1: it's, it's a bit harsh. Um You know, we get uh, a lot of requests for help and, on hop combinations and dosage rates and things yep. like that. And at the end of the day, uh it, it's in the hands of the consumer. If they're liking the beer, you know, don't change it. But um I, I enjoy that challenge when it comes through, getting a brewer and they're like, you know, I'm putting Mochuaca in with Kahatsu and it's not quite working. What do you reckon we should do? And, um, you know, then I give my advice and then a beer comes out and they're like, oh, yeah, really happy with it. Or, you know, we're not perfect. doesn't get answered in the first question, so then we go again and, we have a lot of fun. There's a lot of beers that are under production, yeah. Do
0: you often find that you'll get the question from the brewer, they'll then make that beer and then shoot you some samples so you can see how it worked out?
1: We do, yeah. We get samples from a lot of uh, a lot of breweries um, and we, we encourage more actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I always enjoy it. And I think if, if a brewery has the, the decency to send us some samples, then – I should have the decency to give them some positive and and constructive feedback Absolutely. and uh I really love seeing the end result like uh I, effectively I'm a middleman so I sit in between the farmers and the and the brewers but uh I see that whole progression I you know there's a guy Colin Oldham from uh New Zealand hops and uh you go out to his farm he's been wearing the same Melbourne sh- storm shorts for I reckon the last <laughs> 4 years I've been over there <laughs> And uh, this guy's got a bar that would rival some of the best bars in Hobart and uh, he takes all the brewers out on the farm and uh, he explains, you know, agronomics is a big thing obviously in the hop industry and uh, he explains what makes it so challenging for a farmer and uh, brewers are just, just baffled because they don't obviously see it from that side all the time and uh, yeah. it's it's really great to get that whole picture.
0: Just bringing it back around to the home brewing side of things, I, I'm really trying to yeah, you know, bring more homebrew content into this podcast because I know it's very, very popular. As a homebrew, it's, it's sometimes pretty difficult to decide on hop combinations, like you're talking about with the pro brewers. You got any tips for the homebrewer who just wants to start experimenting with hops? What, you know, take it easy, start how?
1: Yeah, look, uh, good question. And uh, it's something that I love giving this feedback to to homebrewers because hop selection can be quite daunting. Bloody nice. Um, it can get very confusing and you can obviously uh, – you can make something that should be quite, uh, well, relatively easy, uh, quite uh, complicated and uh, end up in a bit of a mess. So yeah. I always suggest sticking with the um, the hop varieties that uh, we've got a lot of experience in and a, a relatively brewer-friendly, you know, yep. your Cascades, yeah. um, your Chinooks, your Columbuses. Uh, that they just uh, make things so much easier and really perfect that style before you start playing with, uh, you know, some of these new world hops, you um, it's like a progression, you know, learn to crawl before you walk. Yeah. I think the other thing is um, with homebrewers, they, they, there's a lot of trending going on. It's whatever the latest hop is, we've got to just jam as much as we can in. <laughs> it doesn't always work that way. Um, and we always encourage people to put a variety of hops in. Um, but then I think I heard Scotto on uh, Scotto from Hobart Brewing about, um, you know, you can only change one variable at a time. Yeah. So when it comes to your hop selection, you might start with just picking a simple three, and then sub one out at a time or change a rate, a dosage rate on one or the other and and, and just trial and error. And uh, I think uh, don't jump into the deep end too quickly. Yep. And when you, when you start honing in, then start to progress through the different varieties. That,
0: that's really good advice, and I think it's something I've been learning with this summer. It'll be version four on Bruin on Saturday, and slowly but surely – I'm tweaking my uh, my hop dosage rates and the and the mix of the Galaxy and uh, the mosaic. So
1: good combination, as I'm sure many people have told you. Um, that was yeah.
0: that was thanks to Owen. Actually, he no, gave yeah.
1: me that tip. That's plug number six for you. Cheers, mate. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, yeah, and I think the other thing is um, uh, supply as well. Like, if you are a home brewer that's looking to progress into uh, a pro brewer and, and, and start up, uh, I encourage you to do so. But then think uh, long-term, you know, you don't want to use a hop that you could potentially ha- run into problems with down the track uh, as far as supply goes. We do, um, as a hop supplier, we we sort of uh, are accountable to make sure that we provide all hop varieties to the homebrew market. We're not a – I don't believe in um, uh, neglecting homebrewers by not giving them things like Nelson's of Inn and Mosaic because there is a, 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 a bit of a shortage at the moment. We still allow that out into the market because – Homebrewers Thank deserve you. the same rights to, uh, to play with them as, as uh, commercial brewers. And I, and I guess as a business, long term, some of those homebrewers could be making recipes that could
0: become pro brewers someday and win-win for you when those come from adding 15 grams into a brew
1: to a kilo or whatever it works out to be. Exactly, exactly. And now here's where I jump on the other side of the fence and I'll give you the, uh, the analogy when I have to tell some homebrewers I can't give them those hops. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, we do have to hold an obligation to the professional brewers of Australia. Uh, at the yeah. end of the day, they've got mortgages, they've got staff to them, uh, they've got to pay. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, home brewing is is a hobby. Um. So uh, whereas brewing is a business, and if that business doesn't exist, there's jobs and there's there's yep. livelihoods at risk. Yep. So I've got to obviously honour the obligation of the craft brewer or the, or the brewer, I should say, before the home brewer.
0: Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mate, something that we had uh, in a previous podcast, I think it might have been Cornell from Shambles, who was talking about um, hop blends. Do you want to sort of describe a bit what that's all about?
1: Yeah, so hop blends uh, have been put together by uh, you know um, breeding program managers, uh, brewers, and it's I suppose it's a autopilot uh, selection of hops that you can use, and uh, not not taking anything away from them, they can they can work quite well. Uh, I think for me, the magic of brewing is that the hops are the, 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 the brewers are the magicians. So let them come up with the hop combinations. I, I really love seeing uh, brewers test the limits and put uh, different varieties together and come up with different uh, blends in the brew house rather than a blend made in, uh, in a, in a pelletizing room on the other side of the world. So, uh, my, that's my view on uh, blends. I know it might uh, it might not uh, be agreeable with everyone, but that's just the way I feel.
0: Really enjoying this uh, red Flanders, by the way, mate. Just poured my second uh, glass there, a little bit more carefully this time. There's a far less amounts of uh, <laughs> the cork in this one. It's, but it, oh, you're right, this is bloody delicious, mate. Um, I'm checking out your uh, your new chambray shirt. I think you're dressed in double <laughs> denim almost today. You've right. obviously got. Uh,
1: New logo, so and yeah. I noticed the other day was a new website coming. Yes, big plans at Hopco. What's going on? Yeah, look, um, we had to uh, change it up a little bit. The the, the market's changing, the, the the brewing industry's changing, and um, to keep up with that, we had to create a. We've, we've got quite a diverse uh, marketing front about to hit the hit the ground, and well, it's actually hit the ground, I should say. Um, looks good. Looks sharp. Yeah, the, the key for it for me is it's going to be adaptable. So uh, when we want to do collaborations with different brewers, because there's such a diversity, you know, some want to be very professional, others want to be a bit more uh, outback, regional, yep. loose, um, whatever you want to call it, we need to be able to flex and uh, bend our model to both of them because uh, we, we value all brewers, big, small, Large, tall, wide, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, and it's uh, it's important that we're able to tailor our package to them. We can tailor our hops to them, so why not table, tailor our marketing and our 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 service that we can offer them also?
0: Yeah, nice, nice. So uh, big couple of years ahead for Hopco. I'm thinking
1: very big couple of years. Uh, it's uh, it's exciting times. We, we'll get you out for the uh, the Christmas drinks at the uh, new office, and uh, ah,
0: sounds good. Yeah. Sounds
1: good. Especially if you'll be serving up some of these Flanders or these <laughs> Brujahas. Brewer- <laughs> these are, these are- Bloody fantastic beers! It's a joy. Whenever I go anywhere, I always uh, always uh, get stung with uh, a bit of. Uh, what is it when you come back and you have got too much, uh, <laughs> and you, you get hit with the tax on it? And, uh, oh yeah! Look the, the good thing is about beer. You can. I think I was over by about five litres of beer coming back from the states, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm going to be on uh, what's that show uh, when <laughs> yeah, you come? Did, did,
0: to- I know the one.
1: <laughs> border control or border well, security? Well, yeah, I was going to be on that show, border security, and. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, yep, and he's pulled all the beers out. And lucky for me, uh, a lot of them were samples from the breweries and they didn't actually have the alcohol limits uh, on time. Uh, yeah. the ABVs on them. Yep. And he's like, oh, what's that one? And I'm like, 2% and it's a double IPA. <laughs> and I got charged with a whopping sum of $24.65. Oh, it's for, interesting. You yeah. see
0: on a lot of the Facebook pages where people are going away and they say, what do I do to get my beers back in without having to pay the massive excise? And uh, I was in Hawaii with work February this year and I bought back about 25 cans, I reckon, and I literally walked up to um, customs at Melbourne Airport and said, I've got beer that I want to declare. And she said, don't worry about it, and just push me through. And it's like, is it is it too much to sort of calculate... Five hundred mils at five percent, and then four hundred <laughs> mils at six. And in Germany, they put you through the VIP line when you tell them ah. you've got beer. <laughs> Happy days. That's uh, that's something I love. I'm, I'm off to New York at uh, Christmas time. I, I don't know. I might have mentioned it on every single podcast, but I'm looking forward to trying some of those beers fresh and and bringing back a, a few from that region because there's some good stuff going on in that New York area.
1: Yeah, get over to uh, Brooklyn. Those guys have got some. Uh, always had some great stuff, and. Um, uh Joe who used to be at Brooklyn has now moved over to 6 points so oh, nice. oh, no, sorry McKellar, so obviously oh, right. another yeah, okay. one yeah, yeah. Uh, but then 6 points also another yep. one to go and see there so uh, and I think Blind Tiger is I've that? heard yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's going to be great I'm going to have to try and uh, hijack my family holiday with some craft beer tickets I, I like to do so yeah <laughs>
1: um now I've got another one Dave Myers <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently, it's traditional to come on this show and give you your best Dave Myers story. Oh my god, he's in every single one. Just about. Yeah, I know. Keep the traditional Yeah, come on, tell us. So, might actually coincides with uh, the fateful night where you both did your leg injuries. Um, <laughs> And it was actually the day after where he had to drive that combi back. Uh, no. no, that was the day before when he drove the combi down. And uh, I'm coming back from Moobrew and there's his broken down um, bright green combi, bright green combi Ute on the side of the road. I'll pull over. And I'll do the right thing and help. And who should be standing there but uh, Dave Myers Hello, and. Dave. Uh, Ever optimistic. Nah, mate, someone's coming, someone's coming. And I think he sat there for about an hour, but uh, good old Dave.
0: I don't think he'll ever drive a combi van by choice again in his life. The other thing I need to ask you is in my never-ending um, aim to try and get Chris Hemsworth on this uh, podcast as he's a craft beer drinker, do you happen to know him? Uh, for,
1: I don't know. don't think so. No, no, fair enough. One one day, one day, he'll one just day. give in and say, all right, mate, I'll just get on there. <laughs> good old Chris Hem- He was on Home and Away, wasn't he? Or? Yeah, four. Oh, I thought. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was wondering why the penny didn't drop for you there. It's like, mate, seriously, mate? mate? When I go home, I go to sleep, and all I can think about is allocations of hops for breweries, like, oh, I've got to make sure Prancing Pony's got the Azaka, and I've got to make sure <laughs> I've got enough Cascade to look after batch brewing. And, and and I literally sleep all night just going, yep, got that, got that. And then someone wants a new hop, and I'm, like, trying to think, what's going to go with their pills now? And, <laughs> so I don't have time to watch TV. Uh, I, th-
0: I think I know the name Chris Hemsworth because I'm pretty sure my wife might say his name uh, Ah right, yeah. right. <laughs> but I digress,
1: mate. Let's do the fast five. Are you up for it? Yep, yep, um, right. yep. Perfect. No, sure, I, sure. I've got a question for you. Oh, hold on. Um, so the fast five are they the same normal fast five or have you? Got- oh, what
0: you've pre-prepared answers, oh, pre-prepared, have you? Yeah. Oh, oh, all
1: right. Well, they're gonna be fast, then, aren't they? All right, John. Your time starts now. Here we go. Has beer ever led you astray? Uh, I'm not going to read this off the script, but uh, I'll say uh, constantly, but never in a regrettable way. Uh, oh, that's good. It's uh, it's always been an enjoyable experience. Yes, obviously uh, I've overindulged a few times and uh, got some Definitely stories we all from have. it. Yeah, yeah. But I think for the greater good and uh, more more good has come out of it by far.
0: Yeah, I, th- I just find that my conversations get longer and louder.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Much better. I'm the same. <laughs> What's the most? Who is the most famous person you've ever shared a beer with? Oh, look, I'm going to suck up to a few brewers here, and I think uh, the brewers. Are of Australia and what they do, and some of the quality of the beers they've uh, they've made, uh, really uh, excite me. But uh, on a larger scale, I'm, I'm a beer geek, mate. I love, yep. uh, you know, I've had had beers with Mitch Steele and uh, James Watts, um, yep. obviously Brewdog, and um, yep. formerly Stone uh, for Mitch Steele, um, and also uh, Logan Plant from uh, Beaver Towns. So oh yeah, yep. Some of the beer royalties, probably who I would say yeah. the most famous people I've met.
0: Nice. So I'm tipping there's some beer geeks that are listening to this right now that would be jealous. So.
1: <laughs> what's uh, what's beer done for you that nothing else has uh look it's it's really I've, I've started off uh i've been in many fields and then when i hit the beer industry uh, it just felt like home um the people were really nice accepting um and helpful so it's provided me with uh my job uh, and excitement you know i go to work there's not a day i don't go to work and i'm excited about uh what's going to happen so that's,
0: uh, that's a bloody good thing bloody good thing yep.
1: um what's the best beer experience you've enjoyed too many. got uh, a from Hobart Brewing, once said, you know, you can stand in the shadows of the brewery and drink the beer is always the best, uh, yeah. and that's so true. Um, if you get a chance out to Bend, Oregon, that's a great yep. spot. Um, but – there's a brewery in uh, Yakima called Bale Breaker and uh, they're set in the actual hop fields. So oh. you're sitting under the bines drinking uh, you know, fresh beers, utilising the hops from within 50 metres of the brewery. Can't get better than that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a business idea for anyone. If you want to go <laughs> yeah. to the bushy park <laughs> bushy and build park. a brewery, get, in, get on board.
0: <laughs> Maybe organise a, a shuttle bus to yeah. get out there perhaps.
1: <laughs> yes. uh, what's the most important thing you've learned in your craft beer journey? Oh, look! Uh, look after everybody. Everybody looks after everybody in this industry and, um, you know, friendships and relationships are key. You just – I
0: was just about to say it. That's what it is, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. Um, You know, and uh, when when your chips are down, if you've got a good network around you, which the beer industry is a bloody great network, we all support you and we all help you. Um, And – I think uh, you don't ever have to feel you're alone. There's always someone in the industry that's willing to help or, or give you an ear. I know I've chewed the ear off a fair few people in my time. So
0: <laughs> That's nice words, mate. Well, uh, look, I appreciate you coming to join me today. So all i got to say now, mate. Cheers. Cheers to great beers. Good on you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another Beer Healer interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you want to follow along with more Beer Healer content, you can check out my Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. Just search Beer Healer, or you can visit beerhealer.com. If you like the podcast, can you please help me spread the word by subscribing and rating it and sharing it with your beer-loving friends? Till next time, cheers to great beer stories.